You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Good morning. It's so good to to be with you this morning. Uh, We're going to jump into something that we started a few weeks ago um, about uh, going through Galatians uh, chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, and we just titled this Growing. And so we're going to talk eventually, we're going to get there if the Lord allows us to, um, talk a little bit about joy this morning, all right? Anybody need a little bit of joy in their life? Good, all right. Then, then you're here today and it's not an accident. Uh, but what we're going to do um, to get into this is that we're going to step back. I just felt like the Lord just, just pulling me back a little bit deeper into Galatians 5. And so I want to lay a little bit of track, if that's all right, and talk through some of this scripture to give us a deeper understanding of, of the reason why we have to walk uh, according to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, why it's important, why we need it, uh, why God designed it, like why it's a critical part of our journey with God, okay? Not just something that we might have heard of in Sunday school or at a VBS, and like I like to allude to from time to time, flannel board Jesus. I can remember growing up, I felt like I was born on a church pew, and and the flannel board with the, the tree on it, and all the little fruits were all connected to it. And sometimes we just get um, a watered-down version of what the Holy Spirit really wants to do in our life with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is we're going to just step back a little bit, talk about some of the things that, reasons why we need to have this. So let's jump into this in Galatians 5. We're going to read verse 7 and then drop into verse 13, all right? Here's Paul talking to the church in Galatia, and he says this, You were running well. You were doing a good job. You were running well. He sounds like me every time I've ever run a race in my life. You guys don't know this. Too many of you know this, but I'm a finely tuned athlete, and I, um, uh, that's the second worst thing that's ever happened to me when I'm speaking. People laugh when I say that. Um, I've run a few races in my life, okay? And, and I understand this verse 7 quite, quite well. Because this is the story of every race I've ever run, um, from a 5K to a 5K. <laughs> um, is that, that's the longest I've ever run. Um, it is, 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 I start off well, and for me, that's the first 10 steps, all right? And then I fall apart. <laughs> and Paul here is saying this, hey, you started off well. You, you started off good, Galatians, and, and you were doing so well, but... Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Something knocked you off the truth. Something derailed you. Something got your eyes off of living by the Spirit. He goes on and says, This persuasion is not from Him who calls you. And I want to just start off by saying this, that part of the purpose of the book of Galatians is the Holy Spirit drawing us into this beautiful picture of what it means to be free. But in order to understand what the freedom that the Holy Spirit gives us looks like, we have to also step back and say, there are some things that can derail us from this journey of walking with the Spirit and walking in freedom. And here, unlike any other epistle that we see, there's, there's such great clarity that Paul brings to our attention and says this, like, you actually had somebody come in and, and, and deceive you. So I think there are three things that can derail us that we need to have our, our, our eyes kind of attuned to. And the first thing is this, is that people can derail us. 
Don't nudge your spouse, all right? That's not cool right now. No, it's not your spouse. But here Paul is talking to and, and saying that there's some people that slipped in the church and began to preach a gospel that was other than what Jesus came to give. They were trying to draw the church in Galatia back under the law and back under these requirements that Jesus never came to give. And maybe we don't see that so much in our own life, but, but how often do people derail us when we fight in our mind, have arguments in our mind with people, and it derails us from the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we're going to read about in just a second. It derails our peace, it derails our joy, it derails our love, our self-control. So people are still a very real thing. And God's not saying, hey, you can just get rid of people. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, He's quite clear that the, part of the way that we get free is by being in community. But what he's saying is this, is that you have to be careful. And you have to be careful about those things that you let dwell in your mind. Because sometimes we let idle words that people spoke to us. And sometimes those words have been spoken 10, 20 years ago. Or maybe even when we were, we, we were a child. And they've stuck with us. They've stung. They've, 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 they've cl cl clinged on to us. But yet... God's saying, listen, there's a, there's a time to let that go because these things will derail you. The second thing is this, is that problems can derail you. And these problems are our challenges to our faith. And anytime God's called you and every one of you, God has called you to the walk of faith. And the walk of faith is going to be challenged by something. That's why we prayed this morning about healing because for some of you, you're looking at a real physical problem and I've told my story to this church. I'm not going to go back into it. But I understand this. That sometimes the problem is our physical health. Sometimes the problem is our ability to have resources to do what God's called us to do. Sometimes our problem is our own past. And we say, God, how can you use somebody like me because of what I've done? And if anybody knew that, the guy who wrote this letter, the Holy Spirit had write this letter, understood that. Paul. And what God's saying is this, is that you gotta, you got to let go, take your eyes off of those problems. If you're going to walk according to the Spirit, if you're going to bear spiritual fruit, you got to begin to fix your eyes on Jesus, and you got to begin to fix your eyes on the, the person who actually can solve the problem, who can provide the resources, heal your body, can forgive your past. And then the, the last thing is this, is perception. And the perception is our own insecurity. Sometimes what we choose not to believe to be true about God's Word. Sometimes we, we choose to identify with this. And I'll just speak about myself. And maybe you've never had this issue before. But I certainly have where I know that God has spoken good things. And maybe even uh, God has spoken prophetic things prophetically in my life through other people. And I hear this and it's just this same thing. But yet... I struggle over the insecurities of myself. And I'm my own biggest enemy sometimes in my life. And I believe Paul is even saying this because a lot of times these things all work together, don't they? That may be a word that's been spoken to you from somebody outside of, your, of, your, of yourself that stung so many years ago, but yet you're the one who keeps regurgitating it. You're the one who keeps believing it and telling yourself the lie. And you remind yourself that you're not able to do this. And God must redeem our insecurity. And the way he does it is through identity. 
He calls us in to to become His sons and His daughters. And see, here's the thing that we have to know is this. And as we go deeper into Galatians 5, and I really wanted to spend some time laying some track and digging this up because it's so important. Because you can't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit in bad soil. I'm not a gardener. I desperately sometimes miss my friend Pop Lee because Pop was my gardener. Not in reality, but if I had a gardening issue, if I ever dared to garden something, that guy knew. But he'd ask me about my soil. And the truth is this, and this is what the Holy Spirit is laying the framework for, for the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is that you have to get your soil right. But you can't. The good news is you can't get your soil right. you got to look to the Holy Spirit to get your soil right. So let's keep reading here. Let's drop down to verse 13. Everybody all right? All right, but you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. But through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. See, the object of the walking according to the Spirit and being Spirit-controlled is freedom. The object of living by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit and bearing spiritual fruit is freedom. It's freedom. Is that God wants us to be free. He wants us to be free from the things of our flesh, sin, Flesh, fleshly thinking, fleshly acting, the things that what we will read in just a second, they lead to death. But he also wants us to be free to something, to free to love, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love the people God has called us to, more importantly, the people that God loves. So the object of walking by the Spirit is freedom. Let's keep reading in verse 16. It says, But I say, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now let me tell you something, and this is something that we all have to wrap our heads around. And it's this, is that we're gonna, there, is a, there is a battle. There's contention that exists between these two things. You're going to serve one thing or the other. You're either going to serve what the Bible says is your flesh, or you're going to serve the Holy Spirit. There is not a middle ground. Now, I don't know about you, and I know that sounds a little bit fierce, and I don't want it to sound like condemning at all, but it needs to be truth that we allow to saturate into our spirit, because for me, what this does is makes it really clear See, I'm not a good person in the grocery checkout line. How many of you guys are bad at the grocery checkout line? I will hold up a line trying to decide what type of drink I want to pull out from the, the cooler. I'll be like, oh, oh, wait a minute, that's not in here? Excuse me. And I'll like, you know, scoot down the line and be like, let me, hold on, just hold my, hold my spot right here while I go to the other. Okay, all right, all right. I don't like a lot of options. Anybody here like a lot of options? If you do, good for you, right? I don't. 
And see, the Bible makes it very clear. There's not a lot of options. There's only two. You're either going to live your life according to your desires, according to the things and the patterns of this world, and that's fleshly, right? Everybody okay with that? I didn't make the rules. This is what the Bible says. Or you're going to live it according to the Spirit. Now, here is the thing. And I want to show you this in the Word. I want you to see this very carefully. And it says this. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And so if you're going to walk by the Spirit and you're going to bear spiritual fruit, the first thing that you have to do is decide what you want to do. You have to decide what you want to do. See, God won't decide what you want to do. You have to decide what you want to do. See, it's interesting here to me that the language that we just read, and I don't know, I want you to really grab a hold of this. See, Paul here isn't writing and saying this, that there's this battle that's going on and, and good will ultimately win over evil or evil will, will, will defeat good. But he's saying this, that there is contention, but the deciding factor about what side is, is going to be fulfilled is what you want to do. You have to make a decision. And it's called the point of agreement. Now listen, if you want to walk according to the Spirit, you have to say, Jesus, I agree with your word. I am submitting myself to your word. I am submitting myself to your plans. Now the Holy Spirit will come in and give you the power to do what God has called you to do. Otherwise, you can say, I don't want to live according to the plans of God. I want to serve my self. I want to serve my flesh. And you'll inherit that too. See, the deciding factor to the condition of your soil is what you want to do. And if you decide to live by the Spirit, you must come under the authority of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul says this, that you're not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not, you're not under the law. But you have to come up to the things of the Spirit. You and I have to come up to the things of the Spirit. And this is important, and I don't want to just casually go over this, but I want to teach you something this morning. And here is why Paul said this, that if you choose, if your want is to live by the Spirit, then you have to understand you're not, you're not living according to the law. And see, what the law did was this, is reminded us of our sin nature without the fact of making it right. And what the Spirit does is this, is it may convict us of sin when we fall astray or we get into a place where maybe we stepped into a place we don't need to, but the Holy Spirit will always convict us of sin to bring us back into righteousness. That's 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so Paul here is saying this, that if you make the decision, if your want is to live according to the Spirit, then you have to understand that you have been called to heavenly things. And so your perception has to change. You have to begin to set your eyes on things of heaven and allow heaven to be set in you. You have to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your future in the source of who you are, in your identity. Now he goes on and he says this, 
Everybody's still with me here. In verse 19. Now here we go. We're getting into a, a dark place. You know what's funny about what I'm about to read to you is that I always hated reading this part. I would always leave it out of my sermons. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, don't leave it out. I'm going to be honest. All right, let's go. All right, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, Paul makes it just really clear here that walking according to the flesh doesn't have a good outcome. But I want to talk about these things, if it's okay, for just a second. Not because I want to glorify sin. I don't want to do that. But I want to bring our attention to somehow, sometimes how these things begin to sneak into our thinking. In 1 John 2, verses 15 and 17, it says this, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world or the, the love of the Father is not in them, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, it is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. I don't want to jump on a soapbox here, but my heart is bent. Oh, listen to me, please. Listen to me in such grace, such love. Please hear me. See, we're never okay as a society or as a people to conform truth into our image. That's a double-edged sword, so don't, don't agree with me just yet, please. Because we're not okay for, for defining sin in what we are okay with, nor are we okay with defining love in what we're okay with. It's a double-edged sword. See, because if we let the Holy Spirit inspect our heart and really just, just lay it down, maybe we would find that there's things in our life that we've been okay with that God calls sin, and the way that we've been loving is not really the way that Jesus has asked us to love. Please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. Because here's the thing, is that God deals with, God's dealing with my heart. And so Paul here outlines these things, and he's saying this, and he's, he's going here. And then John, in 1 John, the reason why we're tying this in is because there's, there's three basic areas that John, the Holy Spirit gave John to remind us of, and the desire of the flesh. And when you look at these things that Paul says, the, the best way I can identify these things is that they're, Three separate categories. And the desire of the flesh, what John says, parallels Paul by saying that there's an issue with sexual sin and flesh-driven desires. And those things haven't changed in our society. And if we're honest, there's a lot of us that probably struggle in those areas. And there's a lot of condemnation and a lot of shame that's attached to those things. Here's what Jesus does. 
is that Jesus completely sets free. See, there's only one person who is the bondage breaker, and it's Jesus Christ. And He's able to set free from the deepest addiction or the deepest problem, whether it's through pornography or adultery or lust or whatever it is. It is only Jesus that can set it free. But friends, listen. We cannot call what is wrong good. And this isn't me getting up on a soapbox of conservatism or or fundamentalism. It's not. It is just what the Scripture says. But grace be to Jesus Christ who redeems us from the weightiness of sin. Hallelujah. Because like many of you, we've been in that place, haven't we? And none of us by our own bootstraps picked ourselves up and made ourselves well again. It was only when we came upon the grace of Jesus Christ that we were made free. Amen. The second area that I see is this. The desires of the eyes. What John says, and the correlation that Paul has with this, is idolatry and sorcery and enmity. These things and strife, rivalry, fits of anger. And this is when we put ourselves above others. Put our ideas above other people's ideas. No, 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 let me rephrase that. That's not true. It's when we, we pin truth on our opinion and we put our opinion above the Word of God and it steps on somebody else on the way up. And it causes things like division and enmity and strife and division and these things that break the unity and, and, and where it will start is in the body of Christ, but it will splinter out into society. And we forgot that we are a people of one message, not many. We're a people of one message, man. Please don't. Y'all, y'all just breathe. Everybody breathe, okay? Just everybody just. <sighs> Cowboys are playing today. The Astros won the title. Let's just be thankful, all right? Thank you, Jesus. But I want you to hear me on this. We're a people of one message, and that is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that message is truth, but that message is freedom. That message doesn't have compromise in it. The gospel hasn't changed. The gospel doesn't is not on a sliding scale of, of where the level of sin of society is. The gospel is still the gospel, and it's this that all sin can be redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But we have one message, not many. We have one party, not many. And ours is the party of the kingdom of heaven. Right? That's our first message. Okay, let's keep going. Pride of life, and this is putting things above God. And, and again, this is what John says, but here's what... Here's what uh, Paul says, and he talks about this, and I jumped ahead a little bit, but idolatry and sorcery. And that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because we wouldn't think that idolatry and sorcery are even real things nowadays. Um, but but here's, here's what these words mean is this. Is it's putting something before God. Putting something above God. And, and it, today what we, what we have is this, is that in just a lot of grace and a lot of gentleness, because, again, this all affects the soil of of living by the Spirit. Because nobody's going to stand up. If I asked you to stand up and say, who wants, who wants to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? I would think that most of us would stand up and go, yes. But if I say, hey, but who wants to, 
to let the Holy Spirit deal with the soil of our lives so the fruit of the Holy Spirit can grow 